Well, good evening, everybody. I pray your weekend was excellent. Fall is in full swing. If you haven't done it yet, you should get up to the mountains where all the leaves are turning. Uh, it's beautiful right now. I was able to bring seven of our discernment group men up to Legendary Lodge this weekend to help the groundskeeper essentially winterize the camp. So we did a little bit of the rule of St. Benedict, Ora et Labora, prayer and work. It's what I do as a priest. I pray and I work. Johnny Day tipped a kayak and spent some time in the lake itself. Uh, that was hilarious. Oh my gosh. But then we went up to the mountain for some prayer. And it was incredible to speak with God, surrounded by the beauty of creation. And creation, the natural beauty of the world, is always analogous to God. To the beauty of God, right? Always. It comes from him, from his own mind, and it, and it really reminds us of him, if we're paying attention. So in some way, we see him, we understand something about him. And we can come to know him and how he operates. And I think that that's how we need to look at the concept of a vineyard, which so often comes up in Scripture. Okay, so we're going to do a quick mental and spiritual exercise right now. Imagine a vineyard in your mind right now. Even if you've never been to one, imagine the sights, smells, and whatever else would pertain to a vineyard, I'll give you like three seconds. Okay, so, when I think of a vineyard, of course, I picture full clusters of grapes hanging from vines, like super rich, earthy soil that's been well cultivated. I think of some guy who tends the vineyard and knows absolutely everything about what is happening in that place. And I think of the patience of that guy to endure year after year to perfect his craft, right? And I think of wine, which is the purpose of a vineyard, right? So I think boiled down to a single word, I think of fruitfulness. A vineyard is essentially a garden that produces much fruit for the good. And so this is the light in which we see the analogy of the vineyard in Scripture. God has given us life, and he has given us the church to cultivate the vineyard that is our soul. He's given us his, his word and Scripture and tradition so that we can bear much fruit for the salvation of other souls, that, we may receive the fullness, that they may receive the fullness of what we have received. The, the wine, so to speak, the fruit, right? And Jesus Christ in his incarnation tends to our souls and perfects them because of his deep knowledge of each of us, knowing what we need in order to bear the most fruit and, and to produce this fine wine. I mean, wine is such a beautiful symbol in Scripture, too. In the ancient world, it was the finest drink, the pinnacle of the meal. It's, it took so much care to produce, and it warms the soul and brings joy to the heart, which is scriptural. Wine brings joy to men's hearts. Psalm 104, 
And of course, it's the blood of Christ that we receive in the Holy Eucharist. That's the culmination of the fruit of the vineyard. It's the very thing that we become as the body of Christ, which is the church. And so with this beautiful image in our minds, we see how God cares and tends to our lives if we let him do it. If we follow his commands and let him heal our hearts, then we produce much fruit in and with Jesus Christ. Today's gospel, however, shows us what happens to the soul that tries to control everything. These men in the gospel, they try to control this gift that is given to them. And they they really try to take for their own what they're supposed to be stewards of. They won't give up the fruit of the harvest that, that was their job to return to the landowner. And their desire for control comes, comes to the point of killing, killing anyone. That the landowner, who of course we know is God in the parable, that he sends to them, right? And then with their, with their graspiness at control, they actually think, they actually think this, you guys. They think if they kill the son of the landowner, that guy's going to be like, oh, yeah, well, you killed my son. Here's his inheritance. I guess you deserve it. Do you see how irrational and illogical and stupid that is? It's unbelievable, right? But I think that the modern world that we live in does the same thing to the extreme. We live in a culture of self-creation, of total control of life and of death, and a culture of material abundance that people will fight tooth and nail for. They won't fight for their faith. They'll fight for their Bentley or their boat or their house or their comfort. But, but what, what has this sense of control in our society done to us? It's created a culture of fear, I think. Fear of losing what was really never ours, but what was a gift to us. And this is the tendency of the fallen human heart to grasp at unfulfilling things in an attempt to fill the hole in our hearts that sin has left. To turn inward on the self as if we're capable of saving our own lives or our own souls. But we know by experience that that's impossible for us to do. We go deeper and deeper into certain things, and we only get more and more anxious, more and more depressed, and more and more empty. We know this. We've felt it. Our hearts become hard and bitter, and then some may even blame God for causing so much pain in their lives. And this happens to people who have some semblance of faith as well. People who go to Mass every Sunday, who pray the rosary, who, who check the boxes of the practical things that the church asks them to do. But God forbid, something doesn't line up what, what, with what you thought was right. Something doesn't line up with what we wanted. Something doesn't line up with, with 
our perception of things. And then we end up doing the same thing that people who aren't religious do. We turn inward, we fear, and we run away from God in favor of ourselves. All the same, just with different words and practices. But brothers and sisters, let me offer this to you. What if everything that you needed to be fulfilled, to be happy and to be fruitful, was right before you all along? What if the circumstances of your life, and I mean everything, joys and sufferings, were the vineyard that God was forming your heart in so that you could bear fruit 30, 70, and 100 fold? What if we stopped depending so much on our human weakness to find joy, but actually depended on the God that we claim to believe in and did what he told us to do that would bring us life? What if we let go of our disordered attachments, our base desires, and our unfounded fears and trusted in the God who has given everything to us? What if we learn to receive with open hands and open hearts all that comes our way, trusting that it will bear fruit if it truly belongs to God? I think that if we could do all these things, which, by the way, is totally possible with the help of grace and an intentional heart, I think then we would find a true and a lasting peace in our souls. We would find God. We would find ourselves. And we would bear fruit, just as we're supposed to do. And the fear that comes from our desire to control everything, that would dissipate into the irrational nothingness that it actually is. And that would happen because, as St. Paul says, true love casts out all fear. Brothers and sisters, there's no better time than now to turn your heart to what is good, true, and beautiful. And in, in that about face of your heart, to bear fruit in your soul for the sake of the kingdom. So tonight, I offer this to you. In your freedom, choose God. Choose all that he has given you in his will for your life. And keep walking in that choice. Shedding all the things that don't belong to him. And you will find rest for yourselves because his yoke is easy and his burden is light.